live from the Annex Wealth Management Studios at the Avenue in downtown Milwaukee. This is Wisconsin's Morning News. Here's your host, Vince Vetrano. What's going on in the stadium interchange? What do we have? At least three, if not four, crashes there yesterday. Saw yesterday being icy conditions for sure, particularly on the ramps. Yeah, yesterday at least there was an excuse. Right. I don't know what. Well, when it rains, it pours. That <laughs> sneaky guess. stadium interchange comes out of nowhere. Sometimes. Well, you're getting that melt off. So, like, even even though a lot of the snow has melted, there'll be sometimes when they plow, you know, the, the freeways and stuff builds up on the sides, that melts off in the daytime. And then overnight, there's maybe a little bit of freezing there. So, just a word of caution this morning as you're out and around. There's nothing falling from the sky today. You heard Marissa's forecast, partly sunny, high of 45 degrees. So, quiet weather, but some of that melting can freeze overnight. So, just uh, watch it as you're walking out the door today. Nothing worse than the slip and fall on your way to the car. Almost right. happened to me uh, Sunday. Sunday morning. Walked out, looked at our alley was damp. A little bit icier than I thought it was. I had family over carrying like five pizza boxes. It would have been very comical if it were watching me, but I caught myself. And I thought, it's March, Mike. Don't slip and fall in March. Well, and you get to a certain age. You can't fall down anymore. Oh, I would, I'd, be, I'd be there down. right now. I'd still be out there. There's no doubt. <laughs> you cannot fall down when you reach a certain age. Because when you do, it's the first thought of, okay, let's let's immediate, immediately assess where I'm at. Yeah. Is there is anything hurting, broken? Right. Wait for the pain. Wait for it. Wait for it. Yeah. Nah, okay. We're going to try to get up here. Less blood concern than it is like the bruising concern. <laughs> right. You know, if I scrape my arm, that's fine. But I don't want like the tailbone bruise because then I'm going to be broadcasting from home. It would have been terrible. It would have been terrible. It is uh, 5.13. We've got a stacked show today. We're going to talk a little bit more about the possible development in Mount Pleasant adjacent to the Foxconn site. might be great to have some major investment in that area. So we'll break that down for you through the day. Of course, the latest on the school shooting in Nashville. We'll have Jim Ryan from ABC News joining us live from there to get us up to speed on the investigation, what we've learned about the shooter. Uh, and now... The weeks ahead, that is more difficult for that community. As uh, sadly, we've been through this before. When you have a mass shooting, you have a series of memorials and funerals, people being laid to rest. And then you have to start thinking about long term for the students, for the teachers who were in that school. How do we get them back to school, if not in that particular facility, some way, somehow? How do we get those survivors back on track? So we'll explore that story a little bit further this morning. And the John Leinenkugel. You know that name. Uh, John is a brand ambassador for the family brand, and he's going to join us at 620 this morning, talk about the new restaurant at Miller Park and the beer that they are now brewing. I called it Miller Park. Yeah, I was going to correct you, but I was going to let you write it out for a minute. <laughs> I've mostly been good on that. The beer they're brewing at American Family Field. We'll talk with John at 620 this morning. 514, Brandon Snide has some juicy sports updates for us on the Packers front. That's coming up next. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. QB Watch in Green Bay is getting spicy. Monday kicked off the NFL owners' meetings, and Packers GM Brian Gunikins addressed the media and provided some details at what point things shifted this offseason in regards to Aaron Rodgers in Green Bay. I think obviously it was a disappointing season, right? And you come out of the season, you have a lot of conversations not only with Aaron, but with uh, the rest of the team, coaches and everybody. And as you go through that process, you kind of get an idea of where you're going to move to you know, as a team, how you're going to go forward. And I think I was really looking forward to the conversations with Aaron to see how he fit into that. 
Uh, those never transpired. So, you know, there, there came a time where we kind of had to we had to make some you know decisions. So we went through his representatives to try to kind of talk to him where we were going with our team. And at that point, um, you know, they informed us they would like to, to be traded to the Jets. Many questions always surrounded Green Bay as soon as the season ended on January 8th of this year about whether or not 12 would play again in 2023 and if he would play in Green Bay. Goody also addressed the inability to reach Rodgers this offseason and shared his disappointment over the lack of conversations. I mean, you'd love to have those conversations, right, about where our team's going and, and how he might fit into that. Um, those run, We were unable to have those, so um, it is what it is. But um, at the same time, I do feel, you know, I mean, Aaron's been a great player for us, and, um, you know, he, uh, he means a lot to the organization. There's a lot of gratitude there, um, but those conversations would have been nice. So with all that being said, when did the decision come to move forward and when did he let Rodgers' representatives know about a possible trade? Yeah, I think it was really, I think that's probably more mutual than anything else. It was our kind of letting his representatives know where we were at as a football team and that we'd like to have conversations and then them kind of letting us know that that wasn't going to work and we'd like to trade them. So that's, that's really kind of how it is. The NFL owners' meetings continue today in Arizona and Packers head coach Matt LaFleur is expected to meet with the media later today. So be on the lookout for more coming from Green Bay. Over to the NBA, where the NBA's best was back at it last night in the Motor City. And without Giannis or Drew, so Cash Money Middleton helped carry the squad to another road victory. Middleton's going the other way. Transition three, all net. Cash Money Middleton looking confident early in this one. He's hit five of his first seven from the floor. He's got a team-high 11 points. Middleton would finish with a season-high 34, and the Bucks would outlast the Pistons by a final of 126-117 to for their league's best 54th win of the season. After the game, head coach Mike Boonholzer speaking on Middleton and how well he's played since returning from his injury. When he's playing, he looks good to me, you know, and uh, there's still, I'm sure, a little bit of just that maybe final layer of conditioning you know, I'm sure, you know, he'd love to, to shoot it, you know, a little bit better from the three-point line. And, you know, that could be – he's just going to keep working, try and keep getting good looks for him. And But mostly I, I think he's played well since he's been back. And, you know, we've obviously been diligent how we ramped him up. But defensively I think he's doing some good things. Um, his pace and some of the pick and rolls, his ability – he's getting to the free throw line more this year. Maybe there's a few little things, but um, in a lot of ways, you know, I think he's he's better. The Bucs now have a two-game lead over the Boston Celtics for the number one seed in the Eastern Conference and are back at it Wednesday night in Indiana. Coming up, they're calling it one of the best Broadway seasons ever at the Marcus Performing Arts Center. We'll tell you what's on tap next on Wisconsin's Morning News. Great shows coming to the Marcus Performing Arts Center in its upcoming season. Frozen, Town, and Tootsie, that will close out the Broadway season for this year. So that's still ahead for spring and into early summer. But MPAC unveiled its 2023-24 calendar with a big show last night. That's Broadway... Entertainer Major Attaway performing a song from Aladdin the Musical. He's the genie, and he'll be one of the stars of the show when Disney's Aladdin kicks off the new season in October of this year. 
Broadway Across America's Vice President North Chrissy Deers in town for the season announcement. One of the biggest seasons we've ever had. It's, you know, got three Broadway, or excuse me, three Wisconsin premieres coming, seven big Broadway titles. We have a show that's playing for a couple of weeks, Moulin Rouge, which is always a big, over-the-top, spectacular show. And it's really just one of the best seasons we've ever been able to put together. Also included two plays, To Kill a Mockingbird and Clue. Actually, uh, my kids did Clue at the, at the high school. Very funny show. So folks want to see that. It's based on the board game and the movie as well. A lot of laughs in that one. The rest of the musical lineup, you heard her mention Moulin Rouge. That will close out the season next spring. I attended the unveiling there at the Marcus Center last night. That one got the biggest round of applause from all of the season ticket holders and other donors to the Marcus Center and the lineup. And uh, everybody was really excited about that one. Also coming, Funny Girl, Mamma Mia. It's a classic. Everybody loves that one. Tina, the Tina Turner musical, April 23rd through the 28th of 2024. You do these shows at venues all across the country, large cities, smaller cities. Where do we stack up in Milwaukee in terms of what we get from you? Oh, my gosh. Well, getting three Wisconsin premieres is wonderful out of the seven shows that are coming. And it's, you know, the Milwaukee audiences are very, uh, very smart. They go to New York. They see shows. They know what they want to see. They want to see shows direct from Broadway. That's what they're going to get. And for the Marcus Performing Arts Center, you know, the Broadway series is so critical, not just in the entertainment it provides for people who love to go to shows, but also, you know, all the arts continue to emerge from the pandemic. Jared Domovic is uh, v- Vice President of Programming and Entertainment for the Marcus Center. I talked with him. He says it's just huge in sustaining the overall mission. It was 19 months that we were closed, and everybody's excited. It's, uh, we're, it, it was a very difficult time for everybody, um, and especially in the arts and entertainment sector. But we've, in, we've enjoyed some success with our Broadway series, and uh, people are just so excited and grateful. Next year, am I not asking you that question anymore? <laughs> I would love <laughs> to not be great. <laughs> yes, yes. But, I mean, listen, it was a, it was a traumatic experience for everybody. Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, when we are, um, when, we're, when we're backstage and, we're, and, and the, the cast is, is warming up or they're just setting foot on stage, the energy is palpable when they set foot out there. And it's, it's almost different than it was before. So the new Marcus season is out. Tickets plans, uh, ticket plans for the upcoming season are available at MarcusCenter.org. And, of course, kicking everything off in 2023, Aladdin, the musical. On Wisconsin's morning news this Tuesday morning, it was nearly five years ago that then-President Trump was in Racine County with then-Governor Scott Walker and others to break ground on the historic Foxconn development that he called, well, I'll let him tell it. Congratulations on truly one of the eighth wonder. I, I think we can say this is, we can say, the eighth wonder of the world. This is the eighth wonder of the world. All these years later, we continue to wonder What, if anything, will ever be built just east of I-94 in Mount Pleasant? That's the wonder. This morning, some potentially huge news for that site. We had it in the newscast as well this week. The Village, local and state development corporations announcing plans for Microsoft to purchase about a half square mile of land in that area. It's controlled by Mount Pleasant. According to the news release, the development agreement notes that Microsoft will develop a $1 billion data center campus. Pending approvals, site readiness work could start later this year. 
Here's a quote from uh, Paul Inglis. He's director of community engagement at Microsoft. Today's announcement is just the start of our mutual collaboration and Microsoft's long-term commitment to the local community. It's not Foxconn, and it's not instead of Foxconn, but certainly those officials who believed in the site, preparing it, doing the infrastructure work. This is part of that vision to bring high-paying tech and manufacturing jobs here to Wisconsin. Uh, Let me see if I can find you a quote from... uh, Here's uh, Claude Lois, project director for the village of Mount Pleasant. Our first commitment was always to local taxpayers. That'll be the case as we move forward with Microsoft. In terms of the deal, Mike, uh, the development would be, as we said, a billion-dollar investment from Microsoft as it stands. Milwaukee Business Journal reporting this morning the purchase price at $50 million for the land. Microsoft could get up to $5 million annually in incentive payments from the village based on new property taxes that this investment would generate. So this is one of those shell games that governments play, like, okay, we're not getting any property taxes off this right now. You move in here, we'll get lots of property taxes, but we'll give you a break on that as we continue to build, and then we all benefit from the other taxes that are generated from the facility. Yeah, and of course, if it brings jobs, the allure for these types of things is, look, we're going to bring you know employment opportunities for people. They're going to be well-paying jobs. It's nice to see something happening down there. You know, it just seems like that site for so long was just, full of just bad news or no news whatsoever. So I think it's encouraging that a company like Microsoft, which I think would be kind of best case scenario, is going to be coming here, hopefully. Fingers crossed. A couple of questions. Yeah, exactly. A couple of questions still this morning. Can the deal get done? How many jobs would be created? Microsoft is not Foxconn, so they ought not be tagged with the same degree of skepticism. But we are all anxious to see the groundwork laid for this massive development area begin yielding that major return on investment. 545, Brandon Snide has sports coming up for us next. Time for an update from the Gruber Law Office's One Call, That's All Sports Desk. Here's Brandon Snide. No Giannis, no Drew, and with only eight regular season games remaining, the Bucks were back on the road Monday night, needing a big win to keep pace in the Eastern Conference, and they looked to get some hot shooting in the fourth quarter to get them there. A head fake from Carter, and Carter drills another three. Something about this Detroit Pistons team brings out the best in the Bulldog. A 14-2 run, and Javon Carter has hit three of three from distance here in the fourth. Dave Kane on the call right here on WTMJ. Carter would knock that one down and knock down five more for a total of six threes, and Chris Middleton added a season-high 34 points, and the Bucks would walk out victorious over the Detroit Pistons by a final score of 126-117. to After the game, head coach Mike Budenholzer on what the difference was in the second half for his team to secure their 54th win of the season. Bobby got one for two free throws that, you know, you know he got rewarded for his effort. The play between Jay and, and, uh, and PC, you know, kind of that both making effort hustle plays. I think Jay ends up with a little turnaround. And, you know, Brooke, just his size and um, ability to go back and get sometimes his own miss, others misses. Uh, I thought his size just was, was a big impact on the game in the second half and the offensive boards. The Bucks' magic number to clinch the number one seed now is six as they have a two-game lead over the Boston Celtics for the number one seed in the Eastern Conference and are back at it Wednesday night in Indiana. Over to the Diamond where the Brewers made some roster moves on Monday, one of which included telling their top infield prospect he made the team. So you left us with a tough decision. I told you that yesterday, man. You gave us a tough, tough call and... um 
you know, they, they always tell me when you're going to deliver bad news, just spit it out. Mm-hmm. So I think what we're going to do is we're going to option you to Chicago. Manager Craig Council there informing Bryce Terrain he made the opening day roster train, spoke to reporters following his meeting with his manager and what his goal was coming into spring training. I just I wanted to come out here and compete. And if I did go down, then it was their hardest decision. Um, I just wanted to uh, play as good as I can, show them that I'm ready. And, and uh, they honored it, and now I continue to move forward. And, and continue to show them that I'm going to work hard and try to win as many games as I can for them. Some uh, other roster moves for the Brew Crew utility man Owen Miller and right-hand pitcher Gus Varlin have made the team. It is Varlin's first MLB roster assignment, and Castahira has officially been designated for assignment. As for things on the field, the Brewers were back in Cactus League play, and they dropped their second-to-last spring training game Monday against the Colorado Rockies by a final of 12-8. to Eric Lauer did get the start, going four innings, allowing five earned runs and striking out four. The Brewers are back at it today as they get set to take on the same Colorado Rockies. First pitch is set for 2 p.m. Man, I don't know, Skipper. Like, <laughs> if I'm terrain, uh, I'm like, yeah. dude, not funny. <laughs> Option me where? Wait, what? <laughs> not funny, man. All ended well. 549 on Wisconsin's Morning News. Coming up on 553 this morning, families, the community, our country once again left grieving in the wake of another school shooting. Police identified Audrey Hale, 28-year-old woman, as the assailant who killed three children and three adults at a school in Nashville. ABC's Lindsay Watts. Police patrol cars outside the school were left riddled with bullet holes. Authorities say Hale fired at officers from a second-story window. According to police, two officers ran toward the gunfire, shooting and killing Hale just 14 minutes after the first 911 call. And we're learning more this morning about that heroic police response, the grieving families, and the assailant whom you heard police shot and killed. ABC's Jim Ryan is in Nashville this morning and live with us. Uh, Jim, appreciate the time. Let's start with with that police response. Unlike, sadly, some other incidents in America's recent past, authorities in this matter had a very different approach to this active shooter situation. Well, they did, yeah. They rushed straight in. They went straight to the gunfire. I think that with every mass shooting like this, the police departments, SWAT teams, the police chiefs around the country learn a little something about what to do and what not to do. And you're right. It was uh, just a short time, 13, 14 minutes between the time the first shots were fired and officers uh, Rex Engelbert and Mike Colazzo got into the building up to the second floor, confronted, shot and killed the shooter in this case. You're right. It was it was a quick response. There is no school resource officer at Covenant School. It's a private Christian campus and so it doesn't have the same kinds of security that you find in, in public schools um, but uh, you know it's uh, it's, it's always up to the police to get in there to make a response and to deal with the situation that's what happened Vince. and and Jim it it was made clear yesterday that there were other there were documents that were found in the vehicle of the suspected shooter do we know at all about what was written in some of this stuff well, they're just bare bones right now at this point, Mike. The police have not re- released uh, much information about what we know there at all, except that, and I found this really interesting, that there was a second location that was scouted, per, potentially, that along with Covenant School, where Audrey Hale apparently attended, there was another location. The police have not disclosed what that was, but that because of 
security at that other location, the school was chosen either instead of or in addition to that second location. So uh, uh, that's fascinating. It's also terrifying to think that there could have been another place where this kind of thing could have been carried out as, as bad as this one was. You know, three children, three adults killed. There could have been a second location that might have been targeted as well. We're talking with Jim Ryan, ABC News. He is in Nashville this morning. Jim, uh, you've covered, sadly, a number of these incidents over the years. Um, You know, for the days ahead now for the community, families grieving, uh, you have funerals, memorials, and then ultimately how to get traumatized survivors, students, teachers back in school in some way. Many tough days still ahead in this community. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you're right, Vince. And tragically, I think uh, a playbook could be written for school administrators on how to deal with a situation like this, because there is such a a history. I think the first one I covered was back in the mid-1990s in Arkansas, Jonesboro, Arkansas. That was before Columbine. That was before, you know, Santa Fe, Texas, before, certainly before Uvalde last year. But uh, yeah, there, uh, it's, um, there are steps that, that schools go through, the parents and, and that administrators go through, that the public debate goes through. And so, yeah, it's, it's almost predictable, tragically predictable, that, that we know pretty much what's going to happen over the next few days and, and years. Jim Ryan with ABC News live for us in uh, Nashville this morning. Jim, appreciate it very much. Thank you. Thanks, Vince.